Hello, I am John. I'm Colin, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> I am Paul. And this is Hold Up. This is a show where we talk about movies from long ago, not so long ago, and see if those motherfuckers hold up. Let's see. Do that team. Music! Come quietly or there will be trouble. Keep him talking. Let's do RoboCop. Ooh, Fuck, yes. Oh my fucking God. RoboCop. Now, we've done other movies on this show, and one of the things I've come to learn over that is that um, I'm always looking for something that really brings me back to my youth. And fuck, does RoboCop do that? And I can say fuck a lot in this episode because they drop so many F-bombs in RoboCop. It's awesome. That's true. And if you... I, I think the thing that... I, I always scared me about watching Robocop even when I was younger and watching it again is the scene where he gets shot because it's so upsetting to watch still to this day. And I've seen like... And you just think that that's edited down from what it originally was too. This movie when it came out mm. before there was I've something... I've seen the uncensored Before cut. NC-17 was invented, they only had X and the original cut of Robocop was X rated. I they had to cut it down to put it in the movie. I don't want to see the other version of him being oh, shot up by shotguns. It's nasty. Watching it now, <laughs> it's still gruesome and I have to look away are like cringe at a lot of the stuff. I'm surprised because it's 87, I believe. Yeah. yeah. So I, I, I kind of love the whole dystopian angle of this movie. I thought that was really well handled from the newscast. I think those people are actually on Fox or something today. That was cutting edge, actually, um, at the time, to have a movie go long, and then all of a sudden it just cuts to the news, and it cuts commercial to commercials. and all that. Awesome. And he did was, similar stuff in Starship Troopers as well with the Do, do You Want to Know. I he will went, say... He went too far in Starship I, yeah. Troopers. I will say that I, going into this, was pretty sure that I wasn't going to... I wasn't going to like it that much, but I was surprised at how good it still was. I think I liked it more now, maybe, than I liked it when I was younger, actually. I, I gotta For say, it's reasons. always been one of my favorite movies. And I watched it again recently, and as the credits were rolling, I said, fuck, that is a good movie. It still stands up. You could even say, holds up. Hey, wow. We're getting uh, an early call in here from, from yeah, Paul. Yeah, that's a little early. <laughs> but um, the one thing that did bother me, my biggest takeaway complaint from this movie was the stuff with his family, his visions, like them standing on the curb waving. Like, yeah. no, what family does that? They go... Stand on the curb and wave goodbye. Are that whole TV show his son watched with TJ Laser? TJ yeah. all of that stuff is terrible and cheesy. Totally. And I would have removed it completely from this movie, and it would have made it a better film. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And the special effects. You needed the you needed the link to humanity though. That you, was the, you do, the key factor yeah. for, for. But they did it badly. No, they did. Very but badly. you still needed that link. Yeah, yeah, you have to have something, but just not that. And then the special effects. Some of the I was some just of it was say, good and the, some of it the was practical bad. was good like the RoboCop suit and um, oh yeah great the, the main Ed actor who played hit the Ed two hundred nine looked good from afar but when people were interacting with Ed two hundred nine oh yeah it looked awful it, it didn't look as good and then you get the weird I, I think they had actually built a real Ed two hundred nine at some point for yeah. some wide angle shots or whatever but you get the really weird scene where Ed two hundred nine tries to go down the stairs yeah, yeah. and then is like squealing like a pig and thrashing or I, I I don't get that actually yeah. but um but ed 209 is a menacing like driven enemy agreed great okay. design that's been ripped off so for years. cool You've like seen it in south that's park one of the first coolest mechs i've ever seen yeah yeah it was very cool um, i mean I, I once again even though the special effects it sometimes sucked that one didn't i i don't think that plays into ruining the movie again no if you have good story good structure then you can you can take it on a few of these bad yeah, effects absolutely and, and it doesn't bother me because 
Ed 209 still came across as, as the menacing. And it's more about the storytelling. I mean, they didn't have the te technology, so they did the best they could, and the story still gets great. told. It's a great story. And, and you know what? The, for the people out there, and I'm not trying to convince you to love it, but for those that think it's too gory or it's just a, a bloody action movie. Which I, it is. I'd like you to look at it more as a, a parody. Uh, it's it, To me, it's the same as Itchy and Scratchy on The Simpsons. It's like, why does the Itchy and Scratchy show exist? Because what it is, it's making fun of how violent the cartoons were that we grew up on. Mm. And nobody blinks. Nobody nobody was is phased by, you know, the coyote, uh, that type Falling of thing. And to me, yeah. Robocop is one giant satire of American culture. Interesting. Yeah, and, and I think if you look at it as more of a critique on American culture, you're, I think you'll enjoy the movie a lot more than just a, a brainless, bloody, gory action movie. And is that is that something that Paul Verhoeven has talked about? Or, or uh, that's I'm just pretty the sure. sense I mean, you that, get? That's, I mean, Ed Newmeyer, I think, who wrote it, I think he's come out and said that. But so much of what that movie is is, is satire and parody. I mean, OCP, yeah. when that movie came out, you know, a company that that is getting into hospitals and military and, and that type of stuff to do pro for profit, it seemed kind of far-fetched. But here we have Halliburton. We've got lots of hospitals in the States that are for profit. I think most of them. Private prisons, all uh, that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Private, private prisons is the number one. Private space exploration. These are, you know, to, in this day and age, they're not out to, you know, that... That is interesting anymore. that all that came to fruition. And then, so and Paul, I mean, the decline of Detroit. I mean, that wasn't a thing in the 80s. No, and and I think much, when you no. see the 6000 SUX, that was <laughs> yeah, showing yeah. Detroit excess and stupidity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, during the oil crisis, their downfall, yeah. You had, you know, Honda Civics and Toyota Corollas or Tercells or whatever. And, and America, Detroit was still putting out these big, monstrous. SUVs. Beasts. I want a car. It goes really fast. It, it gets, gets really, really shitty gas, gas mileage. Yeah, and, <laughs> and if you look at the the movie, I buy that for a dollar. If you look at the movie in that with that lens, I think you'll appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, that that all that all stuff hit home with me, and um, they even have some like uh, I think fade over from maybe the Cold War era with the video game or the board game Nukem. Yeah, totally. Um, with a young Peg uh, Peg Bundy yeah. as the mom, if you never noticed. <laughs> we uh, should we should talk. Uh, Bad guys, Paul. I know that you want to talk Whoa, about bad so guys. There's so many. Clarence Bodiger is probably one of my all-time favorite villains, and and so is uh, Dick Jones to a lesser extent. And I'll tell you why. Because they're not... Because his name's Dick. No. Uh, <laughs> Dick. Because they're not giant robots that are fighting or going to drop a, a city uh, into the earth to destroy it. Their motivations are purely greed. Yeah. Dick Jones is is just a, a corporate asshole that is only out for himself and profit and and short-term gain so is clarence bodiger yeah. but if you look at the world today who the shitty evil people are guess what those are the real life villains we're yeah, up against absolutely not fucking ultron not someone trying to destroy the planet just for the sake of destroying the planet yeah these are people whose whose motivations are purely selfish yeah and and I think it's an accurate reflection of the villains that, that are functioning in the world today. Yeah, there's yeah. a little bit of corporate jealousy where the, the, the guy with his RoboCop, um, totally. he's the one who ends up getting it pushed through and that ends up resulting it's, it's in, so in his telling. awesome death. Started by the whole scene, bitches leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Great line, again by Clarence. So good. But when, when Mr. Kenny gets shot when they bring out Ed 209 and the old man says, Dick, I'm very disappointed. Yeah. And you're like, okay, some fucker just got executed only a few feet away. 
this could set us back in you know fifty yeah, million in interest yeah. payments alone. <laughs> he didn't give a shit at all about no, the guy. No, I well, promise you. I know that came across as funny. I promise you that type of shit exists today in the world. Oh, corporate absolutely. America, absolutely. And that whole Kenny scene, just while we're on it, that's that's one of the scenes that got ramped up in the NC seventeen. Yes, absolutely. Version. They had to edit it back because. Ed 209 shoots Kenny up under the table and then I swear there's at least two more minutes of Ed 209 just unloading yeah. on yeah. a meat sack. I mean, see, that's and I honestly gross. believe that that stuff was probably, I would never want to see the other version because I feel like that's it is It is too much. It, it would also make it silly and stupid. Yeah. It does make it silly and stupid, but I so think good for at them the end for of the day it reinforces what Paul's talking about with this excess. It's total excess. I'm sure he was sitting there going, no, another minute, this would be fucking awesome. But less is more and I feel like this, yeah, this version it's probably much better than the X version. Yeah. I if if I can pause just for a moment and say I'd like to top the bitches leave line <laughs> with Hiya, Barbara. Listen, I'm here to see Dick Jones, but after that I've got some free time. Maybe you could uh Fit me in. <laughs> and what makes that scene so funny is the fact that he takes his gum out of his mouth and sticks, sticks it on her, her name, her, her yeah. la- nameplate thing there. Yeah. And he's still trying to pick her up. And he's also <laughs> Super just classy. been thrown through like six plate glass windows. Yes, I love Clarence Bonnegan. Speaking of plate glass window, does everybody fall through fucking windows in this movie? There's so much window breaking. Yeah, there's a lot of window yeah, he's falling. Tr- he's trying to pick up Barbara uh, with a, like just cuts all over his face. He's still just He doesn't care. Ass. He doesn't care. That's and, what's so funny. There's a robot that wants to kill him possibly and he's like you cocksucker yeah. <laughs> he's still insulting him even as he's having the shit beaten at him yeah. i love that yeah you cocksucker and you his, cocksucker his final <laughs> clarence bodiger's final death scene i mean they almost get the best of robocop and then robocop uses his cool little hand oh spike yeah and jabs yeah. him right in the jugular his computer interface probably one of the more realistic jugular stabbings you've ever seen with the blood that just explodes on RoboCop's chest, so and yeah, this, yeah. this, this line movie is has not like, for the faint of heart. It well deserved its. This line, this movie has some of the best lines of dialogue too. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about the action direction? Because I don't think that movie gets enough credit. If you compare action movies today, where it's clusterfuck editing and and yeah. you know whip pans and you know crazy camera moves and stuff, you don't get a sense of the environment that you're in. But RoboCop, all the action scenes, all are perfectly set up, and you're never. You're never lost in the yeah, visual where am space. I, what am I looking at? Yeah, the, so there's the it's raid on the lab. It's always perfectly established. The raid know. on the lab was great. Um, the, the end scene in the factory was all done really well. They gave the enemy, the bad guys, like these 50 cal explosive round guns that they Cobra that they assault cannon. State yeah. of the art. Bang, bang. Yaha! <laughs> the only thing I would disagree with about the action is maybe the first scene where they pull up in the car behind the van. Are that vehicle yes. that they're in the okay. office shotguns? That, yeah. And how do they come? They all have shotguns. They're like how useless maniacs. are those from like a for a distance? It's great to rob a bank with, though. I guess, but like which is what they did. They that, look really menacing. Yeah. So, so let's just a recap. They robbed a bank and then used that money to buy cocaine to sell the cocaine to make even more money. Yeah. <laughs> what a great, brilliant. what a great, brilliant plot line. Like, yeah. who, Clarence, who even thought of that? Clarence Bonniger <laughs> sniffs cocaine and then follow, chases it with some sniffed red wine. Awesome villain. Yeah, awesome. yeah he's a great he's villain. So good. So he's good. menacing. He's calculating. He's, I love that pause before yeah, he shoots Murphy. Murphy and he does the thing with the gun where he's got it in his face and then blows his hand off. Once again, as soon as he does that, I just, I just cringe. I cringe and I just want to look away because I know what's coming. Yeah. 
I mean, it's then, awful. Then he ends up finishing him off at the end of that scene after they all they're all just have a heyday. Like, so what? There's like five guys blasting him with shotguns from five feet away. It's just crazy. And then at the end, when RoboCop is stalking Clarence, great line. Clarence goes, "You're taking this kind of personal." Aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I also you fucking killed me and destroyed, like ended my life and shot me full of bullets and shit. You're taking this kind of personal. Aren't I you? also think. <laughs> I also think that because I do cringe on the violence of him, I think that's what makes it more powerful that he gets killed is because yeah. it's gruesome and I feel bad for him and he's in so much pain. Yeah. So you know but what? The violence I, means something. Yeah. In this movie. On a level, it does work. It isn't. It isn't meaningless violence. No. It, because you actually do. It is disturbing and should be disturbing. And yeah. the when, fact that we overlook that today as it actually fodder it, it when brings you behind RoboCop more to know that he got nailed like that and treated with such disrespect than when he starts kicking ass I think you root for him more yeah and my takeaway for favorite stuff that Verhoeven does for directing is after RoboCop gets killed then we see his POV perspective where he keeps turning on and they're having a party yeah. and they're like kissing him and stuff and lose his arm yeah, and they yeah. tell him to get rid of his arm. All of that stuff, I think that is one of my favorite parts for establishing what's going on with him is because, yeah. you know what, I would have never done it as a writer. I would have never done it that way because I would have thought it was cheesy and didn't make any sense because they say they're going to erase his memory, but it works so well. And, well, then from there, you get the build up to the slow reveal. You see him walking at the police station behind the frosted glass and you're like, I want to see this guy. Yeah. Totally. And then they get into this the uh, the, the range scene, which now... I'm a, I'm kind of a gun nut, so I do have a little bit of issue with his weapon, which is a modified Beretta, um, an M93. And of course, Johnny's the guns. He's like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't hate believe it because them. it's so cool looking, <laughs> but it's firing like three burst rounds, I think, or maybe it's fully automatic and he just has good trigger control. But he or never, he, he never. I think he's seen reload his gun <laughs> once when he's at the factory with Lois later, and and he's just getting set to fight the bad guys. He rams a new clip in a new magazine and he racks his gun and I'm like, okay, but that's the only time you see him reload his gun. <laughs> so that especially bothers me in like the, the factory or not the factory scene, the, uh, the lab scene where he's fighting all those guys and he's like just doing everybody with a granted for, like, yeah. for Paul and the audience, John hates when he, there are movies where they don't reload their weapons because it, which is really, it's, it's fair though. It just no, it really bothers him on a, it takes time a to do that shit and how many magazines are you carrying? And then especially when people are like just jacking out magazines and firing in new ones and they leave their old ones on the ground, those are like 40, 50 bucks a pop. John's <laughs> like the, the cost for the magazines. It's true. It's just the I, cost. I, Maybe I, that's why those bad guys use shotgun shells because you don't give a fuck about those. Are they really shells. 40 or 50 dollars for a mag? Yeah. An empty mag. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So now there's a little ramble for everybody. So, I mean, Robocop. This movie for me, absolutely 100% held up. I, I love agree. The, I love I this agree. movie. It brought back all the right pieces of my youth, gave me all those good, happy feelings, made me cringe still today. I've seen that movie 30 times, and it still made me cringe to see. And, like, really, like, I'm just looking away when Murphy's getting done, and then you're looking right at it. Oh, I also hate the toxic waste guy. Help Emil. me, man. That I got to look away from that. Can I just throw in... Uh, Don't touch me, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love even some of the uh, the... The dialogue that doesn't really, it's incidental dialogue. Like uh, when they're establishing the police station, there's a crazy person who goes, I'm what you call a repeat offender. I repeat, I will offend again. <laughs> it has no business that, yeah. being in that movie at all. <laughs> it's true. But it's so funny just to establish what a fucked up environment they're in. It's true. Or where they're doing the news and they yeah. talk to that homeless person, Keva Rosenberg. It's a free society. <laughs> 
Except there ain't nothing free because there's no guarantees. <laughs> it's a law of the jungle out there. <laughs> <laughs> Again, it brought nothing. To, it didn't contribute at all to the story of the movie. It does, though. Yeah. I disagree. It's so funny. It contributes to the story because of what you said. Is it it's creates, the environment. It yes, creates it's world the world, yeah. world, world totally. that you're living in. And it's funny. Let, let, let's talk a bit about Lois as a partner. Lois? Is it Lewis or Lois? Oh, we didn't Lewis, even talk about her. Lewis. Maybe her name's Lois Lewis. See, actually, I, mean, I will say, if we're going to start that off, I will say that I actually didn't find her to be very good. Yeah. Oh, I thought it was nice that they had a female, strong female it's character. It's that she's... That f- kicks ass, I might add. And looks and, at black dicks. And is... And is <laughs> <laughs> who doesn't? <laughs> and uh, is not a love interest of the protagonist. I know, but True. I think her character... Uh, I, I think it was the actress. I don't think it was the character was written bad. I just I just don't find her great. I didn't think she did justice to that role. That's that's all. My was she old, necessary? That's my I, takeaway. I, I guess think she needed, was. He yeah. needed some she kind of a sidekick to partner. humanity. And in '87, yeah. having a woman partner who is strong and stuff, I think that's fantastic for '87. Once again, great writing. And great I, and I might add that the women and stuff. It was a unisex. Yeah, change room. Verhoeven is always good about that. Stuff there was too. never any lingering on boobs or anything. It was no, just it was just people are this doing is just their the job. Way it is. So once again, I aggressive. It's, it's not that I. It's yeah. not that I didn't like that in the story. I just felt like she. They could have maybe cast her a little bit better. But other than that, I thought that was great. Yeah, I disagree. As far as my complaints go, uh, when Dick Jones is and goes, get Lieutenant Hitchcock on the on the line. There's trouble in the tower, and then. 90 seconds later, Hitchcock is there in the basement yeah. with about 200 cops. It's like, <laughs> wow, you guys got here quick. That was my biggest complaint, which is minor. Yeah. So for me, does it hold up? Fuck yes. One of my all-time favorite movies, and I don't want to convince anybody, but honestly, I think if you watch that movie again in the right frame of mind and right perspective that it's satire, I think you'd appreciate it and love it. And I'll go as far as to say that um, as for holding up, I didn't actually like this movie when I was younger and actually kind of kind of put it on my shit list. And now watching it again as as I'm older, I actually think that I like it far better now than I ever. I think I appreciate it and understand it far better than I did when I first saw it. So cool. Absolutely. It's still great. <clears throat> Treat yourself. Get some popcorn. Get ready. Get a get a puke bucket for all the gore. And don't let your children watch it with you. Yeah, if no, they're like not a kids movie. No. Take a look at my face, Dick. <laughs> He's trying to kill me. <laughs> your company built a fucking thing. Now I got to deal with it. I don't have time for this bullshit. <laughs> I think we should end it right on <laughs> that. Right on. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.